0: What up, what up, what up, friends, and welcome to the Ball and Buds Podcast. I am your host, Omar Fonseca, and as always, thank you for tuning in. I am glad you have joined us today for part two of our huge 2021 MLB Season Preview we welcome back on this episode MLB expert Mike Weedy. Yes, it is a fun part two conversation. So let's go ahead and get back into this bad boy. Let's just jump right back into the meat and potatoes, uh, just what everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to know what's on your mind. Mike, give me your predictions. Who wins the NL? Who wins the AL? Who wins the World Series? Take me through your thinking, brother.
1: Yeah, it's so early, and you're always trying to figure out who's going to go into the playoffs healthy and who's got pitching and who breaks out. But as we're standing today, I, the American League's the real tough one. I really can't put a finger on anything. I think there's this group of, like, five teams, these Houstons and Minnesota and... The Yankees, and, and I really like Toronto a lot more than most others.
0: Yes, uh, so agree. You know,
1: I I don't just like them because they're young and they can mash. I think that they're going to be able to pitch and play defense, too. And I'm interested to see what happens here in Toronto. Now, they could win 90 games, but they could also lose 90 games. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> there, there, <laughs> there, are, there are some holes there, but I think your World Series winner is going to come out of the National League. I think Mets, the Nationals, I think, the Dodgers, the, the Padres, I think they're all better than any team that's going to come out of the American League. So I specifically look at the Dodgers and the Mets, and I think that would be one hell of an NLCS to see those guys going pitcher for pitcher and, and bat for bat and lineup for lineup lineups in the National League, as well as the two best starting pitching staffs. I, I think it'd be exciting to see. So. I'm going to go ahead. If I got to flip a coin here, I'll, I'll go with the, the Dodgers. I think they've got everything it takes to get there. I like the way that their team's put together, too.
0: Yeah, they have the same team they had last year, and they just added strength to it. Just add the Cy Young Award. Right, exactly. So I know you said it doesn't matter who gets there, anyways, because they're going to lose to the NL.
1: But what do you think about the AL? Who's going to come out of the AL? I mean, I think it's the Yankees' league to lose, Mm -hmm. but I also don't think they're going to walk away with it. I I think Minnesota can give them hell. I I think Houston can go with them, and, and I don't think anyone wants to see a team like Oakland in the playoffs. But yeah, I think it's the Yankees' league to lose.
0: Okay, well, I hate the Yankees, so I'm not going to say that. Uh, I'm just (laughs) going to go ahead and just pick some random team like the Twins or the Blue Jays and just hope that the Yankees don't do anything.
1: (laughs) I don't know how Major League Baseball would feel about a a Minnesota-San Diego World Series matchup. I I don't think that would make them too happy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, earlier we talked about no fans. I mean, to go back to this, because I forgot
1: to say this, are we feeling bad for the Tampa Bay fans? Because they don't really go to the games, anyways. Yeah, they're, they're not there. But have you seen their stadium? If, if that was the stadium you had to go to, I don't know that I'd want to trek out to the island to go to, go to that place either.
0: I agree with you. Derek took us one time, uh, me and Dion. And yeah, it was, I mean, it was a fun experience with my boys. But, you know, it was not the greatest uh, stadium. So then give me some of your predictions for some of the hardware, like MVP wise, ALNL.
1: You know, for the National League, I love the idea of seeing what Francisco Lindor can do in that league. And most of these pitchers not having their run through with him, I think he's going to get off to a, a blistering start. So I like Lindor shoring up that shortstop position. He's playing the most important position on the diamond. He's sitting in the middle of this lineup. He's going to have protection in front of him, protection behind him. I think he's going to be able to just put up monster numbers there. And I think he'd hit just in front of Alonzo and probably right after McNeil. So I I really like his chances in the National League. If I had to pick one, I think it'd be him or Acuna. As far as the American League goes, it's a tough call there. Just because all the guys I want to pick, you know, you just don't know who's going to stay healthy. you got guys like Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. And can these guys stay healthy enough to... To play enough games to win it, uh, you know, right? Right, the hardware you, you just don't know, but yeah, those guys. And of course, you can't have a MVP conversation if the Angels are even close to 500 and, and not put Mike Trout in that group.
0: All right, so I won't be a homer, I'm not gonna pick Lindor, I'm not gonna do what you think I'm gonna do, I'm not gonna pick the polar bear Alonzo. You know, I'm not even going to pick DeGrom for MVP. Now for Cy Young, he is my pick. (laughs) I can't even not not be a homer because I just think he's the best pitcher in the NL. But I do think uh, the rest of them will be there. Same candidates as last year. Bauer, Darvish, uh, as you mentioned, Rocker, Bueller. And of course, we can't forget Max Scherzer, even though he had his highest ERA at 3.74 last year, been on this dominant run. I think he'll be back in good form as well. In the AL, I am going with Lucas Giolito. You also got around there Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber. And actually, I'm thinking I'm picking the the White Sox, honestly, or Yankees to come out of the AL. I think they'll go to the ALCS and face each other, along with the Mets and Dodgers in the NLCS. For my NL MVP, I'm going with Juan Soto, my friend. Mookie Betts will be hanging around there, along with the Mets trio. And I think Nolan Arenado is going to have a huge season. Uh, I think he's going to use the trade as fuel and playing in a good baseball town like St. Louis. I think he's going to be up there as well. My AL MVP, give that to Aaron Judge. Just like the kind of positions these voters take like the third fourth year players that have got a little bit of a track record and then kind of blow up so that's what I'm looking at here you also got your Mike Trout and Jose Abreu that is what I'm looking at my friend what are your AL and NL Cy Young picks
1: it's a tough call you know every year's brand new when you walk into it and it's always a coin flip you're going to have your favorites DeGrom of course is probably going to be on the top of that list just seeing what he can do and I really like Walker Buehler. I would really look for him to make a big jump this year to to really take that next step. Every time I see him, all I see is electric stuff that just equates. He's so young, and he's still getting better every year. I think Walker Buehler is really going to be something special. Just fill that Kershaw spot right when he, you know, one out, one in. I really think that's going to be special. I think he's going to have a great year if he can stay healthy. So I would take him in the National League. As far as the American League goes, it's okay this is this is so strange because there's just not the depth of talent in the league mm. that there is in the national league there are probably eight pitchers in the national league that i would say could be cy young candidates in the in the american league right one guy i, I would not count out i would be Hin Jun ru for uh toronto Ooh, you know, if that if sleeper. that team wins he, he's really underrated he flies under everyone's radar and all he does is go out there and and stack up innings and get outs. It's not flashy, it's not fancy, but he gets outs and and keeps people off base. And it was pretty incredible what he was able to do last year in the American League East, coming from the National League, which is always difficult. You know, you go from one ninth of your lineup is a pitcher to one ninth of your lineup is a designated hitter whose only job is to be a professional hitter. And he walked over like it was nothing. Right. I think right. him having that year of experience in the American League and having himself been through. All of these batters one time is really going to make a difference, and I think he's going to have a special year. And if he does, then my pick of the Blue Jays would be right. If
0: your pick of uh, the Dodgers is correct, you know, then Walker Bueller will have had an amazing season, and so that would wrap. That would have you as saying the Dodgers over the Yankees in the World Series. Anything else you think is interesting about the season, or you want to know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There were two real big things that happened this offseason two things that I think kind of flew under the radar and that Nolan Arenado trade really kind of slid in everyone was still excited about Lindor but I mean the Cardinals got Arenado for for next to nothing I mean for pennies for pennies, for pennies on the dollar they, they got to pay some of the salary but it, it really changes the dynamic of that entire team you know just plugging mm-hmm. him in that lineup they, they could be a real sleeper team in the central they can still pitch which they always can do and they've got bats now that can rival the cubs and the brewers that are in the same division as them and they're not going to be pushovers this year not that they ever are but right. i i think that pickup has been grossly underrated this offseason but to me i think the most important thing that happened in the entire league in the offseason was something your mets team did And it has nothing to do with Francisco Lindor. Huh? I think the Mets being able to get this ownership out of the Wilpon's (laughs) hands and into Cohen's hands, it's going to change the whole dynamic of the league because that's a man that is not afraid to spend a dime on anything. He'll spend as much as he needs to to compete. I think you're really going to be looking at the Queens version of the Yankees. They're going to go out there and they're going to spend and they're... Yeah. Try to win the World Series every single year. I, I think it changes the entire power dynamic of the National League. They don't have to go out there and, and try to fight and plug in minor league players and they don't have to draft great. You know, they'll be able to spend a lot more internationally than a lot of other teams. And I, I just I really think that's going under the radar this year. And I think it's gonna be the thing that when we look at this offseason in ten years it's going to be the number one thing that stands out, even over the Arenado trade and Francisco Lindor and all that stuff. I think that's going to be the big one. Yeah, wow. And you know, it's, it's so
0: hilarious that you picked those two stories, right? So I want to make a disclosure for all the fans of the Ball and Buds podcast. I just recorded my intro literally probably 15 minutes before me and Mike got on the horn here to record this. Mike has not heard my intro yet. But in my intro, two of the things I really stressed was the Rockies shipping out Arenado and having to pay $51 million, yeah. <laughs> and the Mets having Steve Cohen. So it is just hilarious that you read my mind, because I was going to ask you what your favorite offseason move was, and I forgot, and instead, I asked you a question, that, which was the only thing I could think of as an interviewer, to try to keep it going. What else do you think? And then you went into exactly what I had forgotten to mention, and what I had mentioned in my intro. So that is perfect. We are reading each other's minds, and you know, great minds of baseball think alike. That's hilarious. I'm dying so much. Right, like you said, Steve Cohen is really gonna lift up the Mets, and they are definitely gonna be competing year in year out, just like the Yankees.
1: I think we got a weird season coming up here. It's odd because we're coming up with the end of the bargaining agreement, and it's going to be a really weird season we've got I feel like we've got about I don't know 60% of the teams that really aren't even trying to compete and I don't think it's something that that the league's seen before everyone's rebuilding at the same time I understand that without fans a lot of these teams aren't able to bring in any money so teams like Pittsburgh and and Cincinnati and Colorado you know that everyone's just stripping their teams dry so you've got You've got these maybe 10 teams that are good and, and really have a chance to win. And then you've got 20 teams that don't have a chance to win. And frankly, it seems like they're not even really trying. And my team is one of them, probably the, the biggest example of that, the Baltimore Orioles. Okay, hold on one second. Did you hack into my computer and read my research notes
0: or something? Because no, I did not. Because that is exactly what I talked about in my intro as well. <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious. I talked about how the parity in the league is just so bad because you have the teams that are spending a lot. I said in my intro that five teams spent the majority of the money and there were three teams, including your Orioles, like you said, that only spent four million dollars. Three teams and the Rockies didn't spend any. So four teams, four million
1: I don't know what the exact number is, but I think the Orioles payroll is like sixty million or fifty million and Chris Ugh. Davis' the salary is like thirty million. Wow. wow. That like, bum is half 60, of your... sixty seventy 70 percent of the entire team's salary goes to one player. Is, is that bum, bum who hasn't play? done it's, anything in years? Yeah, it's tough. But with them and teams like Texas and Seattle openly going on microphones and talking about manipulating service time, and which everyone does, you're just not really supposed to talk about it. Right, you're not supposed well, to, that's supposed that's to tell that's them that's you do it. 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 It's not going to be a, a big MLB.TV year to... To log in and, and check the the games that are, you know that are that are on tonight because I think half the time what you're going to have are teams like you're going to have a lot of New York Baltimore matchups and Minnesota and Kansas City matchups or yeah. Texas yeah. and Houston matchups Colorado and San Diego I, I mean Colorado is such a there's such a a bear team right now and they've got to play in the same division as the Dodgers and the Padres <laughs> it, it's it's rough and think of the Marlins they're getting better but I mean, if you look above them, you're looking at Atlanta, Philadelphia, Washington, and, and the Mets. It's it's going to be a long season for a lot of teams. So, if you're fans of them like I am, you know, buckle up and <laughs> say some mantras or something. Try to find a way to stay positive.
0: <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself, to be honest. This year is going to be tough for a lot of teams. That And I know COVID has something to do with that. But still, at the same time, these teams have, as I said in my intro, are starting to spend less and give less years. And it's just really affecting the. The, the quality of the game because not only are people less motivated and have less morale cuz they're making less money but then people are worried later into the off season if they're going to get signed at all some people haven't even been signed to mid season in the past few years it's like what's really going on yep yep it's going to be an interesting one buckle up so be- before I let you go I do want to ch- talk about some of these changes that the MLB did what do you think first off
1: of the DH rule and do you think it should be in the NL? Oh absolutely I, I, I see no reason for there to be pitchers sitting in the, in the in the National League it's, it's, it's incredible like, could, can you imagine if like in the NFL even for something small like a kicker like all the AFC teams they don't get to use a place kicker they have to use their left tackle as a field goal kicker <laughs> it, it just, it doesn't make any sense like why the rules of the game are different based on geographically where your team is located. I understand that there's tradition and, and all that, but do you want to watch Walker Bueller hit or do you want to watch Andrew Vaughn hit? You know, I, I wanna see the big the big man at bat. I don't wanna see a pitcher going up there whiffing, even if it is Bartolo Colon. Well look,
0: your analogy was good. Okay, I give you the good analogy. Okay, the left tackle, I can't cool. And I understand and I, I sympathize with you as an AL fan, right? because you don't know the intricacies and beautifulness of having to have a strategy. Now, as I mentioned in my intro, because you you, you hit my point again, uh, it is mitigated by that three out rule for relievers now, but originally this was never a DH, a DH game anyways. And then the, well, the reason that the NL hasn't had it is because of that strategy, right? Like I, that's one of the reasons I watch the game is to watch that strategy of how can they work around this non-hitting pitch? Now, granted, I also really like defensive games. I love pitcher's duel. I love a one nothing game. You know, I'm weird like that, whatever. I also have the MLB TV subscription. So, you know, it
1: is what it is. Yeah, but, I don't see that strategy coming into play these days like it used to. You know, it's, it's, it's a different game, you know, and I'll say just the same way that the NBA is a different game now. It's, you know, three-pointers and, and moving screens. It's the same way in baseball. It's taking pitches, strike out or hit a home run. It's... It's really the only thing anybody tries to do, and it throws everything off. It's just strange to see the only time you go back to regular strategy is when a pitcher comes up who hasn't swung a bat since high school. It's just (laughs) very odd. It's very uncomfortable. And I think we're really just one more injury. Uh, Jacob deGrom pulls a calf muscle away from that thing just going completely away.
0: No doubt. And it is coming permanently. I did say that. You know, people don't want to see that. People don't want to see an automatic out as much as I may want. (laughs) Speaking of that, one of the things they did was add a man to second second base base in the extra inning. I personally don't like it, especially that early. Maybe if you wait until the 12th inning or something. But how do you feel about this?
1: You know, last year I thought when they did it, I was like, okay, you know, there's a limit here. I'm okay with the DH, but I, I think once we start just throwing guys on base, you know, we got a problem. But Watching the games, I, strangely, I, I kind of enjoyed it. I, I, it didn't bother me the way that I expected it to. There, you know, on the East Coast, these games are ending, and, you know, sometimes on a Tuesday, this, these games are ending at 11, and if we go into extra innings in any way, shape, or form, washed Mike can't stay up to watch these games. And i, I got to go to bed. I, I get up early, and I'm just not able to do it. God forbid any of the West, <laughs> yeah. West Coast games. So I think having the ability to get these games over with quicker is good. I don't mind it at all. I think it puts more of a a value on having these relief pitchers that can come in and get lefties and righties out, not just have a guy come in. I I love that three batter rule. I'm very excited about that. Wow, see we're so opposed on all these rules. I don't like
0: that because I like the strategy of having a left
1: a loogie, right? Throw the Loogie out there, baby. (laughs) Well he can come out there. He just has to face a righty No but he's gonna be batting (laughs) four (laughs) fifty off Well, then he needs to learn how to get righties up, And that's where the game
0: is headed. You got your offense, you got your V-low and your launch angle, and then you got your defense, you got your defensive shifts. So things are are changing in baseball. Whether it's for the better or the worst, in whoever's eyes that may be, things have been changing in baseball. They are trying to make the game more aesthetic to fans. They're trying to make the pace of game faster. And now that the MLB and MLBPA are kind of at – ends because like you said the the bargaining agreement is coming up you know that things are changing and things are moving so many pieces are moving at all times that you know baseball is an ever-changing game that we don't know where it's going to go next give me any other surprise prediction you have
1: Joe Adele American League rookie of the year I really like what the guy can do offensively and defensively Uh, I think he's going to be a a real difference maker there at the Angels
0: he has been rated as a great prospect and I think that he will be good maybe he'll strengthen that angels team enough to take mike trout to the playoffs at some point but uh i don't know because pool host is going to be retiring soon yeah Yeah. if they don't have otani come back uninjured then they're going to be screwed there as well
1: can teach him how to pitch too (laughs) yeah there you go
0: multi-dual purpose player. but yeah Yeah. hey mike my brother thank you so much for joining us today here on the ball and bloods
1: podcast anytime give me a shout i'll I'll, uh, hop on with you whenever you want Yeah, go ahead and hit them, sign off with your Twitter so they can follow you. My Twitter is at MikeW, it's Mike, D-O-U-B-L-E-E-W-E.
0: There you go. So thank you so much 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 again, my brother, and we will have you on after the season starts to talk some more. Absolutely, thanks for having me. All right, brother, take care. And you know how we like to end things here, with Omar's epilogue. There are still way too many unknowns Right now, for us to know what's going to happen with the MLB season, you have the pandemic, you got the MLB and the MLBPA, the Players Association, still not agreeing on, on different terms and things like that. So we'll see. We hope the season will play all 162 games, but you, you never know with the pandemic or with everything else, how that will unfold. Could get derailed. You know, we're really hoping that this uh, works out. Just a couple things for the year coming up, though. The DH will not be used in the National League like it was last year. And personally, I don't want it, right? I know a lot of people were were differed on this, right? People don't like the pitchers hitting because it's a waste of time because they don't bat that well. And yes, while I do agree that pitchers don't hit as well and it is usually an automatic out, I believe that the strategy that you have to put behind that, which is a little mitigated now because they have that three-out rule for relievers, so that is mitigated a little bit. But still, when you have to strategize with your pitcher's batting, it takes so much more thought and intelligence, and that's why it's so much more fun to watch the NL game because there is so much more strategy than the AL where you just throw people out there and let them play, right? So, Which is not exactly true. Don't at me, you people. Don't get your stuff in a bunch, all right? AL fans, calm down. Jeez. But it is more strategy in the NL. (laughs) Anyways, I don't want it back, but the truth, the hard truth for purists like myself, the Universal DH was here last year, and it will be again soon permanently, I believe, even though I don't want it. The playoffs also will not be expanded this year, but let's just wait Still another month before opening day. Anything could change, especially with the MLB and the MLBPA still not agreeing. At one point in the discussions uh, about delaying the season, the expanded playoffs and the universal DH actually seemed to be tied together, but then that kind of split off. So now, you know, they could go any way with any of it. But right now it looks as if there's no DH and no expanded playoffs. I believe the DH will probably stay out this year for the NL, but they could change the playoffs. So we'll see. The union never really even gave the expanded playoffs much of a thought, even after major league baseball had negotiated their TV deals in hopes of implementing the expanded playoffs in 2021. Is it possible? Yes. Obviously the MLB wants to make as much money as possible. More playoff games, more TV, more revenue, more money, blah, blah, blah. Makes sense. Cool. And while it would give more chances to more teams and players, to play in the playoffs, it also dilutes it in some people's eyes, like myself. I think if you keep adding teams to the playoffs, once you get to a certain point, you're going to start diluting yourself. Anyways, players would consider it, but any deal would have to impress this group that said yes last year because it was extra money to offset those lost salaries that they lost from the games played last year. But this year, they're getting a full paycheck. So, it doesn't really make sense for them to want to expand the playoffs, which is what makes it extremely unlikely. So I would probably say it's not going to happen if I had to bet on it. Anyways, we did have a total of 60 games completed last year, and we learned a lot about navigating COVID while playing baseball. This year, we do have the advantage of experience and the hope of a vaccine distribution sometime beginning of the season, midseason for most of the players in the league. Pitchers and catchers have already reported. Yes, sir. The countdown is on. The league will try to avoid as many possible issues with coronavirus as possible, but it will be hard with traveling and etc. They will have their COVID-19 problems irregardless of what they try to do. So, they have agreed on some health and safety protocol rules, including a six-week preseason in case teams fall behind. Also, doubleheaders will be two seven-inning games. I actually like that rule. I think they should keep that the other rule they are also bringing back this year is each offense will get the runner on second to start every extra inning I do not like this rule whatsoever if my team is playing a very hard game and it is a tie game going into the 10th inning we have played our butts off all game and all of a sudden you put a man on second and a couple sacrifice flies and they score a run and then the next inning we're not able to score because we have some bad luck and we lose the game nah man unacceptable maybe if it's like the 12th inning cool i understand we've played a couple innings you gave them a couple chances then you could do something like that but right in the 10th inning that is totally unfair totally stupid and ignorant please get rid of that damn rule please get rid of that dumb rule Other protections, active roster limit will revert to 26, but then expand to 28 in September. MLB clubs are permitted to carry up to five additional taxi squad players on road trips, which means they have five players that they can sub in in case things happen with COVID. Among a variety of other rules regarding mask, body tracking devices, high-risk activities, prohibited conduct, PCR and positive tests, contact tracing, quarantine, and All MLB teams will have a compliance officer, contact tracing officer, and a face mask enforcement officer. Jeez Louise, what are we, babysitters? Are you 20 and 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds? Can't put on a mask without someone telling you to? Ridiculous. Grow up. Anyways, the goal is obviously... To enforce rules, prohibit activities, and limit extended stays, protect the players from wear and tear, and honestly, themselves. Especially after last year, we saw with the Mike Clevenger and Dan Plezak saga, where they ran off one night to go drink and play pool or whatever the hell they were doing. Look, I like drinking just as much as the next person. I like going out and having a good time as well. But if you know that you're going to hurt your team, it just really doesn't make any sense. Clevenger got in so much trouble, he got traded. Which, (laughs) Jeez Louise. And he's a really good pitcher. I wouldn't have traded him for that. But you know, hey, and they kept the other guy, which makes no sense. He is nearly as good. I mean, he is good too, but he's not as good. Anyways, but this time, this year, there will be repercussions for blatant violations. Very strict repercussions with players and team personnel subjected to suspensions and even a loss of salary for games. That being said, my friends, I am so excited for this season. I am so excited. To see the games played, I am so excited to watch my Mets and see what happens there. I actually did a bet with my buddy Jason. We put $100 on the Mets to win $1,100 if they win the championship. So awesome. Hopefully that will happen. Thank you to Mike Weedy for being on today's show and joining us. I will have him back again in the future. That being said, my friends, thank you for joining. Until next time. Don't forget to support your boy. And as always, subscribe to stay updated and download all the new episodes. Until then, stay safe, take care of yourself, be kind to each other, and spread love the Omar way. Holla 5,000.